You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 209 for October 26th, 2016. Welcome back to the Running Podcast, where we talk all about running, races, gear, nutrition, training, getting paid to run, that kind of stuff. Not getting paid to run. <laughs> Some of us. Uh, what's on the plan for today? Um, we're going to talk, catch up a little bit, what's going on with us. Um, Definitely some news to catch up on. Um, we actually have a little bit of a race recap um, of a trail race that you did. And then we'll catch up on some feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually did just do a, a race this past weekend, Morgan Hill Half Marathon, which included a bike tour. And we're actually going to talk about that on the next episode. Um, dedicate a little bit more time to that. I guess the bike part will give us some some different stuff to say. So, um, But let's jump into today's episode. Let's kind of catch up with you. What's going on? Um, been doing some running. I've heard you say that before, actually. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the last time we recorded was Chicago. So I actually, um, did So this is kind of the post Chicago, right. the, what kind of happened after Chicago, right? I'm not going to say your marathon hangover. It's kind of the, I don't know. It's always a weird period, right? It is. Following a marathon. It it's kind of like, uh, you know, you're not, I don't know. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying, but I don't have a better way to describe Nobody it. Nobody else does. So at least you. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So day after didn't run at all, um, which is what I always do pretty well much deserved, after. Yeah. Yes. Um, Tuesday, so two days after, I actually did a an easy short run. I think it was like around three miles. I was um, a little bit sore, but nothing too bad. And then after that run, I wasn't sore at all. So mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but worked out my soreness. Um, so that was kind of nice. Did a couple of easy runs that week and then did do um, a 30K trail race Saturday, which would have been, what, six days after mm-hmm. Chicago Marathon, which... In general, probably is not recommended, no. but did do that. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, um, yeah, that's that was pretty much what's been going on with me. Um, I'm still not a, a paid runner. Haven't found <laughs> haven't found any money uh, on my runs. So I know a lot of you have, and that's awesome. So maybe maybe someday mm-hmm. I'll get paid to yeah. run. So, but not not as of now. Okay. So yeah, I guess that's a segue into mine. Um, yeah, I guess I'll talk post post Chicago. I actually felt really fine, really quick, I guess. Um, didn't really kind of feel that beat up or that tired from Chicago the week after. And so I guess that's good. Just slowly getting back into the groove of getting some runs and nothing, nothing crazy. No, no pressure kind of, although we just ran a race this past weekend, but um, <laughs> no kind of pressure into getting back into kind of anything or deep into training. Um, our, our next, well, I'm assuming ours, but um, unless you have something before then, oh, which I think you do. Uh, my next full is um, Vancouver Marathon. Mm-hmm. So that's in May of next year. So long way off. Don't have to kind of jump into a program or anything like that for that. So that's really, that's all that's going on for me. The last note that I had, which I think kind of started your conversation is, um, yeah, I found some money on my run. I, I know. guess this was last week. What so, the heck? Um, unfortunately, it happened to be a dime. We were actually on that run together. Yes. And you went back for it. I'm like, what happened? And I, I think Man. it was kind of more on my side of the road there. Okay. But but you did blow kind of right past it, but I did. And this was nighttime. So um, definitely caught caught sight of the of the dime and picked it up. And the interesting thing is, which, you know, we always joke about, hey, you know, you find money on your run that makes you a professional runner, at least in, in, in our podcast world here. Um, I think if it wasn't for that kind of running joke, I don't think I would bend over to pick up a dime on a run. Um, <laughs> would you have done it if you were just walking by? Walk? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I find that so funny. 
So I really just picked it up so that I could come over here and say that uh, I made a little bit of money on my run. So <laughs> 10 cents, add that to um, whatever it was that I found that very first day, which I don't even remember how much that was. So um, $20. Was it $20? Yes. Sweet. I will never forget that. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm, so far in my professional running career, made $20.10. So progress. There you go. Um, yeah. So I guess that's basically catching up on me. Um, the other thing that's kind of consumed a lot of my time over... I guess the last week and a half, which sometimes happens in the in a post marathon haze or fog. Sometimes this happens, not always. Well, okay, but it wasn't immediately after. That, well, it was pretty close after. It so, was pretty soon after. So the interesting thing is, you know, I run Chicago Marathon, and you know, you you know, you know, you joke, you know, during the marathon, you know, oh, I'm never going to do this again. Why the heck right. did I sign up for this race? Type of thing. And um, twenty six miles is so far. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, the joke is like you know, later that day, you're basically ready to sign up for the next one or that same day you sign up for the next one. Um, but I guess the, the high, even though I didn't have a great race or anything like that, the, the high of kind of doing the Chicago marathon basically led to a week of really diving into planning 2017 Mm -hmm. and races. So I've spent a ton of time looking up races. What are the race dates? What are the prices? When are the reg deadlines? When do prices go up on, on all these races and, you know, I think we probably race more than the average runner, I think, just guessing on that. So, um, you know, I kind of even had this, I don't know if I should admit to being such a dork, um, have like an Excel file on my computer that lists all these races <laughs> and the dates and I got prices. And, it's quite useful, um, though. Trying to plan out, you know, what races can we do and what's going on? And, oh, no, that's too close to this one. And these two are on the same day. And those day, conflict. And, and, yeah. And, oh, do yeah. I really want to do that one? And all kinds of really random stuff. So um, I, I've spent a lot of time just trying to plan 2017. I think part, part of that too is I think, I mean, we're here in October. Well, God, we're almost, almost basically November. November. Yeah. Um, so 10 months done of the year. I don't think I raced enough this year. And so I think I'm kind of giving away our first episode of the year, but I think one of my goals for next year is probably going to be to race more. And so part of that is I better start getting on the registration bandwagon now. Mm-hmm. Um, to do that. And I think we do a pretty good job of signing up early for races as a way to save money. Cause for a lot of races, that's one way you can save money. Right. Although if you're able to, to if, commit early. Yeah. Although I'm going to go off, this is turning very long winded here, but, um, in my research time over the past week and a half or whatever it was looking at races, I'm seeing more and more races do their prices based on the numbers versus dates. Meaning the first hundred people pay $50. And then if you're, from 100 to 500, it's $70. Right. And then, so it's not really like a lot of races are, you know, sign up by April 1st. And then, you know, cause that's when the price goes up, but I've seen more and more races that are doing it based on the numbers. Mm-hmm. So first 100 is this price. And then the next 500 is this. And the next thousand is this. So, right. um, I don't know if that's necessarily good thing, bad thing, just a different thing. Different thing. So, um, yeah. The other thing, I guess I've complained in the past that races, and I don't understand why they do that. Once in a while, you come across a race that you visit their website and it doesn't have their date plastered right on the front. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, why, why Why? do you not have the date right there? So as, immediately when I go to the webpage, it's no question about that. I think most races are doing that now. So that's not, I'm, I'm seeing that less of an issue. Although once in a while, I still come across races that they should plaster their, their city. Because, I would say city and state. <laughs> yeah, because I, I do come across, you know, sometimes people recommend races or check out this race or it comes across in an article or maybe it's mentioned in a podcast and um, you look up the race and, you know, unless you're local to it, you might not even know where 
it is. And so mm-hmm. then I have to go digging into it. Um, the one thing I did notice is most races have their, their date on the front of the webpage. But if you go to their mobile site, like on your phone, you know, they always look different. And so a lot of the mobile websites, the date's actually not there. Right. So you kind of have to dig in on the to, mobile. To find it. Yeah. Or yeah. do the, the, the desktop version. So um, I'm getting really long-winded about this. But that's that's what I spent a lot of my time. I probably spent more time looking at races than maybe actually running over the past nine days. Well, I did a half. So that might throw it off. But um, a lot of time looking at next year. So I'll actually share a couple of things that we made some progress on for 2017. Um, first thing, uh, we actually both did enter the lottery for the 2017 Berlin Marathon. Mm-hmm. which is a little bit a little bit crazy <laughs> that we're actually planning on assuming we get in um going out to germany and running this race but um obviously the attraction there is it's one of the majors um they do have what we love and would like to see more in talking about races they do have team entries mm-hmm. meaning you kind of register as a group and you're either all in or you're all out for the lottery yep Although their teams are limited to two or three people, so kind of limiting. I mean, can't right, get there with your, your running club or anything like right. that. But um, and I don't know if that's new for Berlin, because mm-hmm. I'll be honest and say that I don't think either one of us paid that much attention to Berlin registration yeah, the last few years. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. It did say new on the website. It did say on there. Yeah. So, um, and we have a uh, Florian to thank for starting our whole uh, Berlin. Yeah. Thought process. Yep. So we have him to thank or blame. Right. Yes. Depending. So you always yeah. run that risk, depending <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> we'll probably be cursing you at mile 24, assuming we get into the race. So um, did enter the lottery, excited about the possibility. Um, and that's a fall marathon. It's in September, right? Mm-hmm. Um, End of September. Yeah. And we were actually thinking about throwing in for the, um, you know, kind of maybe trying for New York. But the fact that um, Berlin kind of has the team thing and we can kind of both be in or out made it um, worth it because you don't know if that's going to disappear. Right. Maybe New York someday will add that. I won't hold my breath on that. Yeah, one, but, I'm thinking probably never, but you know. yeah. Um, other you things, we, we did register for something called the Tahoe Trifecta, which is in Lake Tahoe, California, um, right there on the border with Nevada, Lake Tahoe. I think that's pretty well known, right? It was home of the Olympics at some point, Squaw Valley. Um, <laughs> so we're doing the Tahoe Trifecta, which is actually comprised of three half marathons on back-to-back days mm-hmm. so basically we're going to be doing a half on friday half on saturday and a half on sunday yep because we're apparently gluttons for punishment um and it's actually part of a larger weekend that i always call it the tahoe marathon weekend and i yeah. don't know that that's officially what it's called but i've called it that for several years and i hear a lot of people talk about it as run tahoe okay yeah because it's yeah. just it's it's all three days yeah you have marathons yeah so you could actually do i forget do they call it the triple Yes. Where you do a marathon Friday, marathon Saturday, marathon mm-hmm. Sunday. Um, they also have some 72 milers that mm-hmm. you can do. I know the Sunday, I think, has some shorter distances. They have like a 10K, 5K. They also have a 16.6 miler. They mm-hmm. also have other activities. I think they have like stand up paddleboarding and kayaking. So other things too, yeah. other events. So it, it's a big, that's why I call it the marathon, Tahoe Marathon Weekend, because there's so much going on. And I've actually wanted to do it for the last couple of years. And we just decided to pull the trigger and sign up for it. So. Mm-hmm. Three halves on back-to-back days, running at an elevation of around 6,000 feet. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. So, yeah, that'll be fun trying to breathe. But um, And for that one. So <laughs> that one right there gave us three half marathons for, for 2017 so right. far that we're registered for. So yep. getting busy. Um, the one I forgot about, you added it to the list. You registered for a very interesting race. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we kind of forgot about it just because I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> You so, forcibly block this out of our minds. Yeah. So taking taking a word out of what or a phrase out of what you just said, 
I also decided to finally pull the trigger and registered for my first 50 miler. Mm -hmm. So registered for AR 50 or American river 50, which is a pretty well known, uh, 50 miler definitely out here in Northern California. Right. Um, seems to be a pretty popular one for kind of your entry level 50 miler. Mm -hmm. Um, so that'll be on April 1st. Yes, actually on April 1st. We hope. Yeah. Of, uh, 2017. So I went ahead and registered for that. So time to start training. Yeah. Yay, yeah. Exciting. Yeah. I mean, that's one I've been encouraging you to do for a couple of years now. Yeah. So I think. And I've been very scared of the distance. I'm still scared, but I'm not sure what, what shifted or changed this time. What switch was flipped that said, just do it. So for that one, I guess if you're cursing anybody, you know, at mile 30 or. It'll be you. It'll be me. Yeah. Um, and then you also have another race that just you are doing. Yeah. Actually, another half marathon. So You're getting busy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I signed up for um, the Divas Half Marathon um, San Francisco Bay for next June. It's on June 4th. So I actually ran this race, I think it was two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, half marathon. Had a good time out there. And this is a, a women's specific race. They do, um, you know, like the the pink boas and... Um, the tiaras and roses and champagne at the end and all of that. So signed up for that one for, for next year. So another half marathon. And I actually do have um, a discount code to share for people if they want to do um, the half marathon or the 5K. They also have a 5K distance there, um, which is, uh, I think you get the same stuff, you know, for mm -hmm. the 5K in terms of like the, the boa and the tiara and all of that. So if anybody's interested, we do have um, the discount on our webpage. Um, but if you want to just write it down now um, in all caps it's ec diva sf 17 and that'll get you 10 percent off for either the half marathon or the 5k so and let me know if you're doing it so i can look for you and yeah, yeah say yeah, hi. So a good one if you're kind of local yep norcal here yeah all righty um i guess I, that's it for races we registered for or, as I of mean, today to do, as of today Stay i still tuned. have a very long <laughs> list of we have races, a lot of possibilities um and always welcome suggestions mm -hmm. even when we don't know that we're welcoming suggestions like ahead of time like berlin we didn't it wasn't even on our radar and then yeah, yeah we, we tend to at least a couple times of the year just kind of sign up for races out of left field i think um, yeah yeah it it's, goes, but, yeah um, or sometimes i'll be like how about this when we start looking and we're like okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say we're, we're we're not difficult to talk into yeah. stuff so but the, if we do get into berlin and we do do that that'll kind of give us vancouver will be our kind of is that spring, I guess? I'll call it yeah, spring. Yeah, it's, it's in May, so yeah. yeah, we'll call it spring. That'll be our spring and our fall marathon, and I don't know if we'll throw in more. I mean, you're doing the 50, so yeah. <laughs> um, you'll obviously be going beyond on that one. So, All right, let's dive in. Let's uh, at least mention some races from this past weekend. Morgan Hill Half, which, I, as I said, we'll we'll give that a lot more coverage on the next episode. Atlantic City Marathon and R&R Vancouver, which I actually did see some pictures for randomly <clears> online. <throat> um, let's start with the news. Let's start with... Um, oddball crazy stuff from races uh portland marathon seems like we keep talking about stuff like this over and over but i guess stuff um, like this happens right so stuff like this happens portland yeah. seems to get in here quite a bit and santa rosa <laughs> tends to get in here yeah quite a bit good story, point so. yeah so not, not for good things necessarily exactly so for for portland marathon this year um runners ended up running extra on the course um i know that sounds familiar hey you got more mileage for your money right it's a better <laughs> exactly. value exactly don't complain Al almost half a mile uh, it occurred early on in the race when runners missed a turn um initially the the race director i I think he is his title is event director. I don't think he gives himself the title of race director. Um, said it was probably probably he thought he it only affected runners who were running um, with the finishing time of four hours and thirty minutes or slower. Um, so beyond that, 
but that was actually not the case. It actually did affect faster runners as well. And some actually missed a, or potentially missed, I guess we never know, mm-hmm. potentially missed a Boston qualifying time because of it. So people were pretty upset um, that there was actually no mention of this or an official statement for, I think, a few days um, after the race. And then there was some um, local article that com- included some comments from uh, the race director that said that probably he thought he probably only affected a small number of people and that it's i think in the quote which who knows you know if it's taken out of context mm-hmm. and that sort of thing but it said like it's not a big deal and so that yeah, yeah annoying so that, a lot of people yeah yeah and then the wednesday after the race there was an official statement that was posted and from my understanding it was only posted on facebook so it wasn't sent out to you know like all of the participants or anything like that so if you didn't follow the facebook page like the facebook page or not on facebook then you didn't know about the official statement um so I'll, I'll just read it. It's not too long, so I'll just read it here. It just says, For those of you who ran a bit extra on Sunday, a note from our event director. We are very sad and apologetic that the course deviation occurred. It was horrible, and I understand the outrage. And our volunteer committee is as humbled as I am. We are sorry. We do care about our runners. Fortunately, with our technology, we have a way for those who went long to correct their time. Go to the Portland Marathon webpage and click on to 2016 results. On the page that comes up, click onto the language under the top gray bar with our logo where it says, for result correction, please use our correction form. As we all know or come to realize, the media does not report all remarks made or explanations or apologies given. Our nonprofit event is built around the middle and back of the pack. That is where I once was able to run. We see everyone who finishes as a winner and and your running of our event allows us to make contributions and grants to other nonprofit service clubs service clubs school athletic activities and school athletic events again thanks for participating in our event les smith event director any thoughts on that um i mean portland's been around for a long time and they usually do a pretty good job although i said they've come up a few times i think one year was the the train thing it got interrupted by a train yeah Um, that kind of screwed up one time but um yeah i don't know i mean it's a bummer i guess I mean, I guess the lesson here is don't dismiss stuff if you're putting on a race. Um, Because I think think what annoyed people kind of the most from all the comments that I read was kind of the initial, you know, eh, not a big deal, didn't affect that many people. That was it type of thing. Um, More so than the actual original issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on a separate note, I think races need to put out official information via their own website or an email to everybody that registered for the race versus using facebook and and we've seen that several times where kind of these statements come out on kind of these it's almost like an official press release but it's only on their facebook page Mm -hmm. and you're making a huge assumption i know i can use in air quotes everybody uses facebook but the truth is they don't they don't um and even if they do it doesn't necessarily mean for example they liked the race page right exactly so that they're looking at it daily or that that even pops up in your feed mm because how much stuff do you miss well, that's true. You yeah. don't see everything that's in your feed to begin yeah. with. And I mean, I'm someone who obviously super consumed with running races and I don't go and like every Facebook page of every race that I run. And so. Right. So you're you going to miss some of that. On top of that, everything doesn't show up on your feed. You know, exactly. I'm going to miss half of this stuff anyway. So yeah. um, I think that's the one lesson to take away from it. Yeah. And continuing on with okay. more Portland news, uh, the wrong person was actually awarded the first place trophy oh. initially. So. The male that finished in third, Nate Bowen, um, was awarded the first place trophy after crossing the finish line. Uh, they missed the first place marathon winner, Matthew Palia, and sent the sent the second place finisher, Sean Franson, through the shoot with the half marathoners and then provided him with the wrong medal and award. Um, once they realized what was going on, they weren't able to retrieve the trophy. Um, so the race director said that he would have one sent to the winner. So That's funny. Yeah. 
Oh, we I guess they weren't back. they weren't ready or set up in time. I guess for the for the um, the overall finisher. Although, and thinking that he was a half marathon mm-hmm. potentially, but right. I mean, now with these days with all of the timing and like tracking and chips. I mean, I don't know what their setup was, but I mean, or or also like, was there no lead? cyclist or anything i don't know just curious i have no idea on yeah that one. i know yeah i didn't expect you to have the answers yeah. i'm just those are just questions that, that come to my mind so all right let's move on to one of your favorite runners i yes. think it's safe to say so my, she's excited. my buddy ed whitlock set another new record so 85 year old ed said we're on first name basis now yeah of course yeah 85 <laughs> who, who used to be your your buddy Back uh, in the days? Tim Tweetmeyer. That's right. He's okay. still my buddy. Okay. I never said he wasn't. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, have nothing to report Real, on him Really right close now, friends so. that you've never met in person. Yes. yes. I did meet him. I took a picture oh, of Tim right. Tweetmeyer. that's true. Okay. Yeah. At CIM. So, um, okay. Back to Ed. 85-year-old Ed set a new world record for men 85 to 89 in the marathon at the Toronto Waterfront Marathon. He ran a 356.33, so kicked my butt on the three marathon times I ran this year. I mean, he destroys me, so I don't know what you're (laughs) complaining about. He broke the previous record by more than 30 minutes. Previous world record was 434.55 set in 2004. Um, The 85-year-old Milton, Ontario resident, ran in a 30-year-old singlet and 15-year-old brook shoes. Yeah, I don't don't know about the the 15-year-old brook shoes (laughs) Hey, if they work for him. Uh, And this was actually his first marathon in three years. Yeah, back to yeah. the shoes. Those got to be some beat up <laughs> shoes at this point. Um, Maybe he only races in them. Although, if I mean that honestly, still would be fifteen years. Yeah, that's I, a I'm lot. just assuming he doesn't have any sponsors. Um, I think Brooks I don't believe he does. Should definitely be reaching out to him and yeah, signing no him, and you know, put him on some, 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 you know, put him on an ad in Runner's World or something like that. You know, hey, yeah. I, I, I ran this time at 85 years old thanks to my 15 year old Brooks shoes. Exactly, still in great shape. Yeah. Um, yeah, the interesting thing that I got from it, which if if you go by those, you know, there's those age graded charts that kind of tries to oh um, yeah, yeah equate performances at different ages. Um, if you go by at least somebody did by one chart, and I don't know which one it was, um, and I don't know what age it would be the equivalent, but it would be his effort at 85 running that time is essentially the equivalent to running at 208. Yep. At I don't know what age. It yeah, was. I don't I don't know how that um, works exactly, but yeah, you're right. It's a which you know i mean that's that's not necessarily an accurate thing but it's still something that's hugely fun to look at but mm-hmm. to consider a 208 time which would be an awesome fantastic time um it makes it i guess puts it in perspective of how good a performance that is so yeah and i think even in in one of the articles i read um he mentioned that he wasn't as trained um, up for the marathon as he would have liked <laughs> to have been to be? okay. yeah so he was a little disappointed um cuz now and then of course now he's wondering well how much faster could I run Great. if I was like fully trained? Um, but he he recognizes that like the earliest he'd probably be able to to run another marathon is like next spring. So and and he's like and with aging, you know, like the performance decline. So then mm-hmm. how much of that is being offset by right. better training? But then aging. So yeah. So in the category of making us all look horrible, eighty five year old goes out and runs three fifty six and and says I didn't train that. <laughs> As much as I wanted to, <laughs> Pretty much. I should have been able to do better. Yeah, and okay. I wore my fifteen-year-old Brooks yeah, shoes versus your two-month-old, uh, or not two-month-old, but yeah, <laughs> six-month-old versus shoes. those hundred and fifty-dollar Hoka's that you mm-hmm. bought. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to other records. Other records. So the next one is a stroller marathon record. Caleb Neff, who we've mentioned a few times in the past in regards to Wings for Life. Yeah, his name's a regular um, on this podcast. And other stroller records. He set a new record for the fastest marathon while running with a stroller. He finished the Toronto Waterfront Marathon with a time of 2.31, crushing the current record, or the, I guess it's not current anymore. Well, I guess it's current until it's 
official, yeah. right? Um, by 11 minutes. He had his four-year-old daughter, Alessandra, in the stroller. Um, he recorded the entire thing, which is actually available to watch um, in the article that we'll post in our show notes. So it's kind of interesting. It includes like his warm-up and getting his daughter ready and stuff too, oh. like giving her um, like little, those little hand warmer things. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's... it's That's interesting. I didn't yeah. see that. I'm going to have to actually... I, wa- I watched a little bit of curious. it. I didn't watch because it's like... I'm the, whole, watch the, the whole, whole video is like three hours. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I watched some of it, but I thought that was really cool. And you get to see um, the race like from pretty much from like her perspective actually is what the, the video is showing you. So, but it's really cool because you get to see him like do his warm ups and talk to his daughter. And yeah. should have a camera on her during the race. I just want to see, you know, is she like bored. She's like, oh, oh, like facing her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come on, dad. Hurry I up. Know. I'm like so ready to get out of here. Exactly. So, all right. Uh, more records. More records. records. All right. Transamerica record. So Pete Kostelnik broke the record for running across the U.S. He started uh, in San Francisco on September 12th, which also happened to be his birthday. And he finished um, New York City Hall on Monday, October 24th. He covered 3,067 miles in 42 days, 6 hours, and 30 minutes. Their previous record was pretty much four days longer. Mm-hmm. 46 days, 8 hours, 36 minutes. Completed on October 17th, 1980. So this is one of the, the longest... Uh, standing records, running-related records. Right. And that was by Frank uh, Giannino Jr. Uh, Kostelnik is actually a two-time champion of the Grueling Badwater 135-mile race in Death Valley. Um, on his trek, he actually took a rest day early um, due to tendonitis, shin splints, a sunburn, and fever. Um, but I, my understanding is he only took one rest day. Mm-hmm. Uh, each day, he started running at about 4 a.m. He'd run 40 to 42 miles, then take a 30 to 40-minute break in the RV to eat and freshen up. He'd be out the door again to run 30 to 32 miles, often finishing between about 4 or 5 p.m., giving him time to eat, get some treatment, uh, sleep. He ended up averaging more than 72 miles a day to break the record. Which is insane. That's insane. I mean, 72 miles in one day, obviously hugely hard. You know, we have hundreds, we have bad water. But to do that on consecutive days, much less, you know, basically a month, right. is kind of ridiculous. Yep. Um, not only does it require getting the record, it requires a bunch of speed, your your stamina and your 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 body's ability to just take a brutal beating because that's essentially what it is yeah day um, after day after be, day uh, you know a, a super amazing feat and really high level so um yeah pretty awesome and he's um, 29 years old i didn't mention that in case anybody's curious okay i wasn't but good to know <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually cool seeing the, the the record drop um i don't know if anybody paid attention there was actually an attempt at the record earlier in the year by Robert Young, who actually ended up, I think he ended up dropping at Indiana, but um, his record attempt was actually marred with accusations that he was cheating. And I don't know if we ever covered it. We didn't on the on, on here, but um, it's that that's a whole interesting story on the kind of the negative side. If you want to go, yeah, that route, and um, in the end, I think one of his sponsors paid for um, kind of like a small study to look at whether his attempt was legitimate or not like and the data he had and gps data yeah and, that sort of and, thing. He, and, and him the runner robert young supplied his um he had a tom tom mm-hmm. uh, gps and he supplied all the gps information and when they looked at it I, I guess what gave it away is basically they determined um that it was, was cheating was that his cadence was um an impossible cadence for a runner um to achieve at certain times because the accusation was that he was um I, I guess the accusation was that he was hopping in the RV because he had an RV that was kind of along with him for the ride. And basically the RV was just kind of cruising slowly down the road mm-hmm. with the GPS running. And meanwhile, he's in there probably eating or sleeping or whatever. So um, on his side, he does deny um, 
still that he did anything wrong and can't explain the um the gps data so um that's it's an interesting story if you haven't seen it um on the other side of it but it's cool that actually somebody seemingly legitimately got the record um and the thing that pete did was actually you can go online during his record attempt you can actually see exactly where he was Mm -hmm. live all the time so there was a lot more kind of oversight on his attempt at it so all right long-winded there um (laughs) All right, that's kind of the news stories we wanted to cover. Uh, next, we're going to kind of jump into your little race, race recap of Overlook 30K. Mm-hmm. Is that the whole name of the race, or is it Overlook uh, Endurance? It's, it's Overlook Endurance. Okay, I'll I let just, you take I it away. Short, I just shortened it up, so. Take um, it away. So, I did. A run. A run. <laughs> the end. It. So, uh, 30K trail race um, out in Auburn, which was... Um, Six days after Chicago. It's a race that I had been wanting to do. It was its third annual. Um, I actually registered for it last year, but wasn't able to do it just because of um, health stuff I was dealing with at the time. So I registered for it this year, um, and thankfully was able to to head out there and do it. Um, the race director is actually Ann Treason, who is very well known. Um, the I would say the best female ultra runner of all time, arguably the best ultra runner of all time um, basically so a legend pretty much in the sport yep. yeah just google her name if you're not familiar and see what pops up um so yeah so i, I was really excited about about that it's um the course is mostly on the western states course so excited about that too and usually there's um so there's a, a 50k distance a 30k and then this year she added a 15k mm-hmm. um and then there was also a um, a kids run which i wasn't around for but she did add a, a i think it was a free kids run um, so usually the course, the 30K and 50K, includes a, a river crossing um, over the American River, um, who it, which involves a, a rope to help you cross, and usually aided by Gordy Ainsley, another legend. Legend. Yep. So unfortunately this year, there was quite a few rainstorms the days prior to the race, and so the parks officials decided um, that we would not be able to do the river crossing, so there was a, a course change. So um, instead of a point-to-point course, it was like a... Um, loop course with two out and back sections okay kind of like a lollipop course but with two sticks if that okay. makes sense <laughs> right <laughs> I don't making know. the drawing on, on the end, yeah on each on each end um so didn't get to do the river crossing but that's all right um usually involves having to take a shuttle to the start um because it's a point to point course but not this year because of the course change so i actually got to sleep in a little bit more that and, made it a lot easier I mean, yeah it did yeah and um the starts are, are kind of late for for a race so the the 50k starts at 8 a.m which 8 a.m is not that late of a start in general but for a 50k it, i think it kind of is and then the 30k and 15k were at 10 a.m so it was kind of weird super late yeah to mm-hmm. think okay i'm going to start running at 10 a.m mm-hmm. so um i was pretty nervous about it because it was one it was six days after chicago two i hadn't done tons of trail running before that because i was training for chicago so i was mostly doing like you know road running um and then it's you know it's 30k it's like 18.6 miles you know like that's that's a long run so mm-hmm. i was just a little worried i think i was even asking you like two days before i'm like do you think i could do it I was like, you're like yeah, yes you're you know i was kind of freaking out even when i got out there i was or when i went out there that morning i was like well maybe i should just drop to the 15k i'm like oh just just do the 30k you know just start the 30k so um pretty small race i don't know what it's mm-hmm. been like the last two years could be exactly the same i don't know if the weather kept some people away um because it there were the forecast was possible rain. Um, I don't know if that kept anybody away, but so just so you know, number wise for the 50 K there was 139 finishers. Um, and two people that, 
are pretty well known that were out in the 50K were uh, Magdalena Boulay, who was a female winner, and then Zach Bitter, who I believe finished second. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were 75 finishers in the 30K and 18 people in the 15K. So okay. pretty small numbers, I yeah, think. Yeah, really small. Yeah. Um, yeah, just low-key, laid back. I think you see kind of like an old trail race yeah, feel. Yeah, I mean- I describe it's funny because we had this conversation kind of right beforehand. I said I kind of described this as an old school trail race or old school ultra run, um, you know, kind of straight out of nineteen ninety nine or something like that. You know, not a, you know, not a lot of bling, not a lot of um, spectacle to it. Just basically, you know, runners go out there, get your race done, and you know, um, at a good location, and have your post race food, and congratulate each other, and then go home. Um, and you made the good point that, you know, me and you, we have no idea what trail races were back in 1999 right. or old school races. So we're just going based on what people, um, how people have kind of described it. And how um, we envisioned yeah, it would have been. This is how we would envision, this is how we envision it would have been. So, so I don't know if that's an accurate description, but yeah. um, that's the one I was going with. So Yeah. I think, I, I mean, to me, that's what it felt like. But with, yeah, with the exception of, I don't know what the races were like back then. But, but, but for sure, there wasn't a lot of, like I said, a lot of... Fanfare. Yeah. No. Or... um yeah, I don't know how to so, describe it. So, okay, so I drove out there, um, you know, I was going to pick up my bib, and I was kind of looking for, like, a sign that's, you know, there's a couple of, like, canopies or tents, mm-hmm. you know, like, up, and then you could see the the, the timing tent, because the 50K had already started by the time I got there. Um, so I was trying to, like, look for, like, the sign where it says, like, you know, pack a pickup or bib pickup, and I didn't really see a sign. So I just kind of, like, looked and saw some people going to, like, the timing tent to pick up their bib. I'm like, oh, okay. So I went over there, got my bib. Um and didn't know where the start was at that point because it's not it wasn't like clearly marked or anything and this was at a in a, at a parking lot um at a small park that mm. has a trailhead that leads to the western states trail so just to try to, to try to paint a picture for people so um got my bib and then uh got a reusable collapsible collapsible water cup Mm-hmm. because they are a coupless race they did yes. make that clear ahead of time that it was a coupless race and that they were going to give you a cup to take with you and i remember thinking well, what am i going to do with like a plastic cup like where am i right. going to put that even though i was planning to wear my um nathan vest or hydration pack which i did i was like well where am i going to put that like, i guess i just won't take it with me i'll just use my hydration vest but um it's actually really soft and collapsible mm-hmm. so i was able to stuff it in my pocket yeah. in my vest pocket like no problem so i've never done that before i mean i've never had a race hand me a cup to use throughout the race. I mean, we've but never done like, a coupless race, have we? Well, like, well, I mean, I like Ragnar's are coupless race, okay. but you bring your own water bottle. That's true. They don't hand you something to take with you. You don't get a, we've never gotten a little cup to use. Yeah. But it was a really awesome cup. I, I, I really liked it. It's a weird thing. We're going to talk about a cup, but it was a really <laughs> cool, it's almost like cute looking cup because yeah. it's, uh, what material would you say that's made out of? I have no idea. Okay. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think of like what it would be similar to, like what else I have that has like that same. I have no idea. I don't know what it like. I can't describe okay. it. It's like I don't soft know. plastic. I don't know. It's, but it's uh, not. It's not plastic. I don't know. Yeah, it almost feels like. <laughs> I guess the closest thing I could say is like rubber, but it's not rubber because that would not be a bad way to kind of be drinking water right. out of. But um, it's a, it's a small cup, kind of like the same size you would normally have your little Gatorade cups at a race. Yeah, but it just. It's a very soft material. It just collapses. You can mm-hmm. just fold it up and stick it in your pocket. Yep. I can see how it would easily, you know, if you have a, a running vest, you know, one of those front pockets, you could yeah, that's where I stuffed throw it. it in there. Yep. No problem. So, um, yeah, I, I I thought the cup was cool. Too. Yeah, I really like it. So, um, yeah, I just stuffed it in my one of my front pockets and actually did end up using it um, 
at eight stations for water because I ran with Tailwind in my pack. Mm-hmm. So then when I wanted water, I'd just bring my cup out and get my water. And, and it held the water just fine because the first time I was worried, like, is it just going to, like, collapse on me, you know, like, with the water? But no, like, it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, anyways, okay, guess enough about the cup. So, yeah, so I got my bib and cup. Um, that's pretty much it. So okay. uh, other stuff that you get is when you finish. So you don't get anything else um, and, and, at the time. And no timing chip that we know of. Well, yeah, but... The interesting thing is I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah, there's there's no timing chip. I wasn't handed a timing chip. So maybe unless they missed me, but I don't think so. They didn't they have any timing chip and there wasn't one on the bib. Okay. So, I, but I didn't even think about it until I was home and was looking at my bib. I'm like, huh, I had no timing chip. So I guess everybody's just on uh, gun time. Yeah. Which is a part of our old school. Right. Which philosophy. is totally fine. So, but yeah, I still didn't know exactly where the start was because <laughs> um, it was, there's, you know, there's no like arch, mm-hmm. you know, that sort just, of thing. Just run that so, way. Yeah, exactly. So, um, of course, I got there early because that's what we do. That's what we do. So, I had time to kill. But once it was time, you know, they were announcing come over here to the start line. So, just a slightly different section of the um, parking lot. And it's basically, it was just like chalked or marked on the floor, like right here, basically, is the start line. Do a quick little briefing beforehand, you know, like what color are the ribbons, um, you know, where the aid stations are. There were four aid stations, roughly split about or separated about every four miles give or take um so you know just give us all the the pre-race instructions and then um counted down and then and Jason said go and that was that was it that, that was it that was so, your gun. yeah go. yeah we we started going so <laughs> um as far as the, the weather goes it actually didn't rain at all mm-hmm. while i was running it rained a little bit before it rained like after didn't rain at all during but it was super humid and it was overcast so the overcast was really nice because it never got that hot, but it was just like so humid that everybody was just like sweating buckets, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, everybody's just dripping because it was so humid. So, which is um, kind of rare for us yeah. to be running in that sort of humidity out here. But um, yeah, it didn't rain. And I was a little worried about what the trail conditions were going to be like, you know, having rained a couple of days before. Um, there was some muddy sections, but. There, you know, there was only a couple where I was like slipping and sliding a little bit where you kind of had to be careful, um, but nothing too crazy. A couple of, of sketchy sections. Um, and then at one part of the course, you actually do get to uh, Nohens Bridge, which is a pretty well-known bridge out there. Uh, and a lot of it was pretty flooded. So I ended up running through, I don't know how much water probably went to like halfway up my calf. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really the, the time when I got like the most wet. Um, but... Yeah, other than that, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of like conditions. So, course was pretty well marked um, at the turns. There weren't a lot of ribbons like in between. Like if there wasn't a turn, there wasn't like a lot of ribbons to kind of confirm like, hey, you're still on course. Um, But there was definitely ribbons and markings on the ground and on the trail where there needed to be. They did have volunteers at some of the kind of tricky splits early on in the race, but really none at the end. So you kind of had to just do your best to um, make sure you're going the right way. Uh, there wasn't a lot of single track on the course, which I was surprised by, but I mean, not really running in that area much because it's a few hours drive away. Um, you know, I didn't know really what to expect. A lot of it was like on a like fire road or like kind of, I'll call it double track right. or triple track, you know, not super wide, but pretty wide. Um, some of it was on a quarry road that shared a little snippet of the course for way too cool. So mm. I was familiar with that part. Um, and then a couple of small sections towards the end um, of you're just running on regular road. It wasn't a lot, but there was a little bit there. So um, it was 
pretty, for the most part, for like a trail race for 30K, what I would expect, it was fairly runnable, mm-hmm. which was good and bad because then it wasn't that hard, right? I guess. I mean, right. not to say that it was easy by any mm-hmm. means, but um, but then didn't get to do a lot of like power hiking because it's like, oh, I could run this. Like I should be running this. So you kind of ran just almost walk. more than yeah, you would think. Yeah, than I would think. So there was about on this, I don't, I don't know what the... the original course would have been like i think it's it's more difficult um but with the course change it was about for the 30k it was about four thousand or so feet of elevation change total um it's just to give an idea to people that want to know that so um what else do i want to say yeah definitely had a like aside from what you were saying kind of an an old school trail race it definitely had a really good just like typical trail race vibe like a little bit of nerves beforehand, but mm-hmm. not a huge amount. Everybody's right. just kind of like socializing, hanging out. And then once we start going, like everybody's just like in a really good mood. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're just out there like on the trails and everybody's just having fun. And it's... It's almost like it's more of a run than... Yeah. Really it felt like a really, just a really big group run. Yeah. That's what it felt like. So, which was, which was really nice. Um, and I think on a couple of the out and back sections, I mean, because you, you're seeing a lot of people, especially on the first one, like there's hardly anybody that like did not acknowledge you. You know, like you mm-hmm. just like, good job, thumbs up, way to go, looking good. I mean, you would just, you know, you would reciprocate or you'd be the first one to do that, which after a little while, it's like, okay, I got to say it again, <laughs> you know, but, but it's really cool, you know, cause everybody's just like, like a job, you know, you're looking good or, you know, that sort of thing. And it's just, it's really nice to, to have like that encouragement and then provide it to other people mm-hmm. too. So, um, so that was really cool, which, I mean, I don't want to make generalizations, but you tend not to see that so much on a road race. Well. I mean, there's a lot more people at that a typical road race, and you're probably surrounded by more people at that's a road true. race. So it, it'd be more difficult. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thing about trail running when you're out on kind of small trails. It's, yeah. You know, typically single tracks, only one person in front of you, one person <laughs> behind you. That is true. Although, I mean, I would say even, like, let's assume it's the same size race in terms of people. Mm-hmm. I think I still would get less greetings. Yeah. No, you correct. In, and I'm, I know I'm making a generalization, and I don't know, some people might not agree with me on that. But, uh, so yeah, it was it was just kind of fun to see that. I did get to see... Uh, Magdalena Boulay and Zach Bitter on the out-and-back section. So, you know, gave cool. them, like, you know, like, a job, you're doing good, that sort of thing. So, um, aid stations were pretty much where they said they were going to be roughly every four miles. So, it was kind of nice to have them evenly spaced out like that. They had the usual, you know, water. Um, they had goo. I forgot what the electrolyte drink that goo has. So, I didn't I didn't try that. But mm-hmm. um, definitely had some water. And they had the usual, you know, like, potatoes with salt, bananas, cookies. cookies. Oh, <laughs> and, ask. okay, and somebody... Um, on Andreessen's staff, I don't know if they're officially on her staff, but okay. actually made homemade shortbread cookies that were at the eight stations. I've never had a shortbread cookie during a race, but mm. I was like, they're like, oh, these are homemade shortbread cookies. I'm up oh, sold. So I grabbed one <laughs> and headed out I of the- I will take them all. Yeah, Thank you. And headed out of the uh, the aid station with my shortbread cookie and my collapsible water cup filled with water. Mm. Um, and on one of the aid stations, <laughs> you kind of had to like, um, it was a little bit of an uphill afterwards. So I'm like, okay. perfect. I'll eat my cookie and drink my water like while I'm hiking, right? Because it's like perfect. Um, and it was really nice because I didn't have to worry about like, well, I have to finish my cup and throw it away. Right, you know, exactly. like it was just like, oh, I'm taking this with me. And then as soon as I, when I was done, I just, I turned it upside down, shook it and then just put it in my pocket and I was good to go. So yeah, that turbo cookie was really good. Um, and then they had, you know, like goo and one of the eight stations had, um, hot soup, which is nice if you're cold, but I was, I just, I wasn't cold at all. Ended up running in like shorts and a short sleeve shirt. It was totally fun, um, with that. Um, volunteers were awesome. They had quite a few people at different parts of the course and especially close to the aid stations. Um, 
marking people down to make sure like you had passed uh, that section, which that should have been the indicator to me that I didn't have a timing chip, right? But <laughs> guess, it was not. <laughs> I guess that's a giveaway. Yeah. And it was funny because I even remember thinking about it when I was out there. I'm like, oh, I'm like, she's okay. I've seen her twice. I saw her on the out and back. And, um, you know, she's like looking at my bib number and writing it down and like, tell you know, radioing it to someone or whatever. And then somebody else would write it down somewhere else, um, which I'm thinking is twofold, you know, one, to make sure people aren't cutting the course. Mm-hmm. But then to make sure they account for everybody right, and right. make sure nobody's, that's probably the more important one is make sure nobody gets left out there. So yeah, I didn't even like think about it at the time. Like, why would they be running my number down if they just have the timing chip? It's like, well, there is no timing chip like on my bib. So anyways, um, see, I was speaking of like the, going back to how small it kind of was in terms of the number of people. Um, at the beginning, you know, it was a little, a little clustered and I, try to although it's it's hard to kind of see yourself when you don't really know mm-hmm. what everybody else is running because you definitely can't tell by looking at someone right. um, but i tried to see myself like a little bit slower uh because i was like okay it's like 18.6 miles i definitely don't want to come out of here fast and then just like have to walk the whole last half or something like that just because like i went out too fast so um you know like the very beginning part is a little bit of single track so you just kind of you know end up getting in, in a spot out. yeah you get sorted out get in the spot and then Afterwards, you know, picked it up a little bit, uh, tried to just totally run by feel and think, okay, you know, I'm going to be out here for, I don't know, three, four hours. So just keep that in mind. You're just out here for a trail run, you know, just think of it as a, a training run. Um, and then everybody just kind of starts thinning out, you know, after a little bit. But um, actually from like miles, I think 12 and a half to almost 16, the next aid station, I was like by myself the entire time. Like I didn't see a single runner. I did see um, an equestrian. Uh, but that was it the rest of the time totally by myself so a lot of times during those three and a half miles and i know it doesn't sound like it's a long time but it feels like a long time to be completely out there by yourself when you're when you're in a race race. yeah i kept checking like i'm like ribbons i'm like okay i'm (laughs) like if i don't see a ribbon you know i'd be like well well, there was no other place to turn so there's no way i could have like missed a turn like there hasn't been a turn and then when there was a turn i'm like okay look for the ribbon okay yeah gotta go that way so because i wanted to make sure that i didn't get lost um I think I didn't feel my legs felt a little actually my legs felt pretty good. I just felt a little like fatigued in general, mm-hmm. kind of like just like cardiovascular, like breathing wise, you know, I just didn't feel like fully recovered from Chicago, but I felt way better than I thought I would. Um, and then I actually ended up kind of picking up the pace like halfway through. I don't know exactly what that pace was because, you know, it's on the trail and it's varying, but um, went a little bit faster kind of mid course. And, you know, I pretty much would, run anything that was flat or downhill, um, ran uphills that I could run, um, hiked the ones that I needed to. Um, but it, I just had, it it didn't feel like it was 18 plus miles, you know, like miles are just kind of like ticking off. Mm -hmm. And I think just cause I was out on the trails having fun, um, and actually just like enjoyed it just overall. It didn't, it didn't feel like it was that many miles. Um, and then towards the end I was closer to the finish than I thought I was. So that's always kind of nice when Surprise. you don't, when you think it's like, you know, you think it's further mm-hmm. and then it kind of like sneaks up on you. Right. I'm like, yes, I'm like already here. So there's like a tiny little, uh, there's a, not tiny, there's a little uphill to go up towards the finish. And there was, um, so now you're back at the, um, the parking lot. Right. And so I'm thinking I need to head back to where I started. Well, I did need to head back in that direction, but exactly where I started. So I was running towards the start area, but apparently the finish was like, moved over a little bit mm-hmm. which i didn't know, like into a different like row which i didn't know so there's like two spectators are like hey over here 
I'm like, oh, you know, so I had to like kind of make my way over there and they were just cracking up. So, but it wasn't easily visible to me. Right. It well, wasn't it's like, no archer yeah, that. yeah. I mean, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, but I just thought it was kind of funny that I was like running to not the finish at all. Um, yeah. So then run through the finish line, get a high five by Ann Trayson, which is cool. Sweet. Yeah. And then, um, like, that's it, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, like, where do I go now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I was glad I was done. I felt pretty, I mean, I was tired. You know, it's 18 plus miles. Like, you're going to be tired. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel like, oh, my God, I was out there for so long. Um, but I'm like, okay, so where do I go now? And so I just kind of looked around and, okay, saw some people. You know, because nobody's, like, directing you, like, go here now or go there or whatever. So saw some people picking up. Um, what looked like maybe like a swag bag, right? I'm like, okay, let me go over there. And yeah, sure enough, they they were handing out bags to people who were finishing, which includes your um, your finisher shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, sizes are gender specific, which you know how You're I feel about, about that. that. Yep. Um, sizes are first come, first serve, which could get tricky. <laughs> so you, know, fa- they, so yeah. you really should have run as fast as possible. <laughs> exactly. So um, when I finished, the only size they had run out of was a men's small, I think. Which so, is an odd size to yeah, run out of, I guess. Exactly. Well, I, 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 maybe they ordered two of them. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, so they had my size. You get that. Um, you get um, special socks, mm-hmm. dry max socks that are made specifically designed for the race. So Overlook Endurance, and it has a little logo. We'll post some pictures up, but it has a logo of uh, No Hands Bridge. It has um, Overlook Endurance written on there, and then it has Andreessen RD on there, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So that's on there. You get um, some beer that somebody locally brewed specifically for the race which I still have just in the bottle because don't really drink beer, but it's pretty cool. Oh, and then you get a, a hat. Yeah. And no metal. No metal. Yeah. Which I thought of when I was out just running. Mm-hmm. Um, not that obviously it wasn't a, a make it or break it thing because I wouldn't have signed up for it if I needed a medal. Right, right. But when I was out there running, I'm like, huh. I'm like, I wonder if there's a medal for this race. I'm like, I don't remember them mentioning it ever. I'm like, I bet you there isn't a medal. So yeah, no medal. That's fine. Um, I wasn't actually disappointed or anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then they have, um, you know, they had a couple of, uh, different sponsor boots and that sort of thing. So you can like visit them. They did have, um, people doing massage, which I don't know if it was for free or at a cost. My gut tells me that it was free. Um, which had I been cleaner, I probably would have gone over there, but you know, I was like soaked in sweat and humidity and I was pretty muddy from like the knees down and my shoes were soaked and, you know, I'd been running for three plus hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to subject them to have to try to <laughs> massage my legs, even though I'm sure that's what they've been massaging right. like, all morning. So, um, and then they had a really nice setup for post-race food. Um, so they were actually like barbecuing. Um, so they had burgers, sausages, hot dogs, um, grilled cheese. And vegetarian um, burger patties, which okay. was awesome. So that's a lot of variety. That actually sounds like a pretty good... And especially for like a small-ish race. Yeah. Like that's a lot of variety. So that was like the the main course. Then you still had like the chips, the popcorn, the fruits. Um, they had more of the homemade shortbread cookies. So I had to have another one of those. They had homemade chocolate chip oatmeal cookies. They had homemade little brownie bites. They had homemade something else that I can't even remember now, or some ginger cookie. I mean, they had like all kinds of stuff. Um, they had hot soup. Um, they had buckets of like cold beer. They had buckets of cold soda. They had buckets of cold chocolate milk. I mean, you just like, you know, just grab what you want sort of thing. So I had a, I think I had a grilled cheese and some cookies and fruit. So 
yeah, it was really nice to have that afterwards. I, so it was a pretty loved, nice spread. Yeah, I would have loved the post-race food, like some burgers, hot dogs, soda. Sounds awesome to me, actually. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was great, and people were just you know hanging out and having fun. So um, I went and got a picture with Andreessen because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know when I'm ever going to be able to do this again. Right. So I just told her that you know I had a great time. It was a great event. You know, thanks for putting it on, and then asked if I could uh, get a picture. She's like, sure. So then we kind of looked around she and there said, was, yeah, well, it was, well, it was funny because she's like, sure. And then we look around and there's like nobody like in the immediate vicinity to take a picture. And I'm like, well, I could try a selfie, but I'm not great at that. And then somebody just happened to walk by. I'm like, hey, hey, can you take our picture? So, um, yeah, still got my, got my picture with, with Ann Trace in. So I'm trying to think if I missed anything else. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I ended up, if people care about time, I ended up running in... Three fourteen fifty nine, um, which put me seventh female. Not that I was trying to trying be competitive, and this is a small race, right. so you know, keep that in mind. Still good effort, good yeah. Effort. But fourteenth uh, overall for the thirty k distance, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Not that I was trying for that. I was just trying to not die. Mm-hmm. You know, doing a thirty k trail race, so which I haven't done, and I don't know how long. So I haven't run that far on the trails in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so, sounds yeah. like. I mean, it was. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, you guys kind of lucked out with the weather. and We did. We got and, super and lucky because I think it rained the next day too or even that evening. Yeah. There. And the change probably made it, the course change probably made it a little bit easier. Right. We assume. We don't know. But <clears throat> yeah, that's I think the I th- that's what I heard. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much easier, but it, it was an easier course. So, yeah, pretty much. I had a great time. And then when I was out there the whole time, I'm just like, I just got to run on the trails more. I'm mm-hmm. like, I just, that's where right now, like I feel the pool to be like in terms of running. It's like, mm-hmm. just, I got to be out on the trails. So. Well, and I Looking think forward to that. That probably kicks off your your training for American River Fifty, right? And um, that's probably what, like, okay, just sign up for it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because you signed up after you did this race. Yes. Yeah. So that was your like, okay, I'm good. Let me that, that confirmed <laughs> my my interest in running yep. a fifty miler. So let me, yeah, let me let me do that. Let me take care of that. All right. Anything else? I don't think so. I think on? I pretty much covered everything. That was kind of that was a little long winded. So okay. Yeah. Um, I guess before we get to feedback, let's wish a people, couple people good luck because I don't know necessarily when the next podcast will be. So just in case, and yeah. we don't know when people will listen. Sure. So we want to uh, wish Rich good luck at the Monumental Marathon and then Emmanuel and Abel good luck at the New York City Marathon. Which should That's be right awesome. around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely follow the elites for, for that one. So um, see how that one goes. Uh, let's get into some feedback. Incoming message. So one thing I did want to mention that we didn't mention last time, I just want to thank everybody who gave us uh, good luck and congratulatory messages for Chicago. So it's yes. always nice to, to get those. So Thank you very much. Appreciate- we, we always appreciate it. No, <laughs> we, seriously. Yeah. I wasn't being sarcastic. Oh, okay. I wasn't uh, actually, sure. It's actually no, we really, really do appreciate them. It's really cool. It's so. really cool to, um, <laughs> to get that, actually. So moving on to our regular feedback. Um, heard from Jeff, who ran the Twin Cities Marathon recently as his first marathon. He said the weather was incredible. Course was beautiful. Had good crowd support. He was cruising just fine until mile 22-ish. That's when the hills start and they suck the last bits of energy out of him. He was able to suck it up to the finish. Suck it up and finish. Um, he shared a picture of the medal. He said it was a great event. He said, oh, and the day after the race, he was experiencing a whole new level of soreness he didn't know existed in this world. And he was asking for any tips for fixing or preventing soreness. So. Yeah, don't, don't run a marathon the day before. <laughs> exactly. that's, that's the number one number way one to Number one for preventing that. soreness. Yeah. So, yeah, I think in terms of fixing, um, I mean, you won't completely eliminate it, but... Um, especially like with harder effort or harder course, like you're going to get soreness, but I think moving around the mm-hmm. rest of the day helps. At least that helps for me. Not that you have to be nonstop moving, but if you just like sit and don't move again, like I just, I have more soreness like the following days or even that day mm-hmm. than normal. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I just want to 
absolutely agree with you. And I can say that from experience this year, we did LA marathon the beginning of the year. And I think that day I think grabbed food and I basically was so tired. I was just done and I crashed out. And that was basically it. Um, and didn't the legs, I don't think bounced back as quick as Chicago, which I kind of funny for Chicago. I told you even, I think the day before or something mm-hmm. like we're definitely going to go somewhere on the day of the race, like afterwards, yeah. walk around, whatever. Which I was surprised um, that you yeah. said that. But so I'm like, I'm going to, I need to just get out there and walk. And that's what we did. You know, not a huge amount, but I, I definitely felt better um, that day walking. I mean, it was, it was funny when we had dinner. I was, it was horrible getting up after right. sitting down for dinner. But, yeah. um, but the rest of the time I felt much better. And then the next day and the rest of the week felt um, better, felt better. You yeah. Know. Compression could help. I mean, that's, it depends on the person. Yeah. I don't wear it while I run, but I do wear it like after marathon and mm-hmm. I think it helps me. So, yeah. And yeah. I've never done the massage thing kind of after a race, so I can't speak to that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We heard from Ryan who um, was sharing that the USA half marathon invitational got canceled recently. It was the one where you um, qualify with the half marathon time mm-hmm. to enter. Uh, like Boston, kind of like Boston. Had to be speedy. Yeah. So many of his uh, run crew in San Diego worked hard to, to qualify and they were pretty bummed that the race got canceled just a month before race day. He did it last year and he said he really enjoyed it because there were a lot of fast runners, which is um, was very motivating. Mm-hmm. But it was a bummer that, um, and wanted to let us know if we didn't know already. Um, he said he was actually registered for the race and hadn't received any like official notice or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did say, or he heard that it was going to be about two weeks to see any sort of refund. And then he was also mentioning, because people are recommending races to us here and there, he was recommending the San Diego Half Marathon. Um, so it's basically a reverse of the USA Half Marathon course, So, mm-hmm. which we've looked at San Diego Half before. And I think we, usually we have some sort of like um, conflicts or something. Something's kind of, I think we'll get out there someday. Yeah, San Diego Half but, has actually been on my list for several years. And I think you're right. There's always been kind of something else that's prevented, at least me for sure, doing the race on that day because... If you go to the San Diego half, right, I guess R&R San Diego would be the same thing. San Diego is a real easy city to fly into um, to kind of, and then it's a real short hop over to where the races kind of start. And um, it's kind of easy to just walk around and then you can just pop over back to the airport. So it's real easy. And I was really looking at it during my week of race investigation. Yeah. Um, which of course led me to, they do a double medal with Mammoth. Right. If you do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately I have a conflict. We have a conflict Mammoth. on the day of Mammoth. So right. I think we might delay that another year to... To be able to do both. To do able to do both yep. to get that um, challenge medal, which I mean, I guess like who really cares, but... Um, and, and I should say, flying to San Diego from the San Francisco Bay Area is much more expensive than I thought it would be because I did look at prices and I was kind of yeah, shocked. Yeah, it's not as cheap as you would think. Yeah, I thought it would be much cheaper. So kind of yeah. random way off topic thought. <laughs> just throwing that out there for anybody from the Bay Area. <laughs> And then as far as like the um, the cancellation for the USA Half Marathon Invitational, I guess the race cited permitting issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thought is that they just didn't get enough interest because last month they actually announced that they opened registration to even those who didn't uh, oh, get, the need the qualifying time. So they're thinking like, to try to get more people. Yeah, so because, people are thinking they just didn't get enough interest for it. Yeah, I mean, a month out is kind of an oddball time to run into a permit issue. Yeah. I mean, it's not totally unheard of, but right. that's a real does happen. oddball kind of thing. So. All right, moving on. We heard from Forbes, who was letting us know about the Rocky 50K fat-ass run in December in Philly. What you call me? Oh, never mind. <laughs> so it's an unsupported race and follows the course of Rocky's training run in a movie, Rocky 2. I think we mentioned it when it when this first um, took place maybe yeah. two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was actually planning to run it this year, but um, won't be able to 
because he wasn't able to run all summer due to a torn hamstring muscle in his left leg. He stole a rehabbing that, but after missing out on the bird in hand half, um, and that's where he gets his road apple award, which we talk about Mm -hmm. every year. Um, He was able to run the the wine glass half in New York um, this month. Very nice point to point race. He does plan to run rich marathon, but he's dropped down to the half. So maybe a Rocky 50 K next year then. Yeah. For him. Yeah. Heard from Florian who, uh, made us start thinking about Berlin Marathon. That's right. Yeah. When he goes there. Yep. And very helpful that he mentioned that we could ed- uh, enter as a team. Yeah. Because I think that was like, oh, let's look into that. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. I mean, honestly, the deciding <laughs> factor. Um, although, interestingly enough, we didn't mention Berlin's not the most expensive race, or it was cheaper than what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... 108 euros per runner, although that does not include a shirt. Which is weird. Yeah. For, for kind of the races that we're used to. Normally, you sign up for a race, you're expecting a medal at the finish, and you mm-hmm. get some type of shirt. This one, basically, you sign up, you don't, you're just signing up for the medal. You can add the option of a shirt. Of the shirt. Yeah. And I think in US dollars after, because I think we went with the add the finisher shirt option, um, I think it ended up being 160 per person. That sounds about right. 160 ish. Yeah. We'll go right with the ish. Yep. Um, which would make it cheaper than Chicago, definitely cheaper than New York. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheaper than a Disney full marathon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Along with everything else. Right. Yeah. He also sent us uh, some pictures of some great looking medals from races he's done recently in Germany and mm-hmm. Austria. And he said with the the last race that he actually completed, um, he did three marathons in seven weeks and has us qualified for a marathon maniacs. Yeah. So congratulations. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Um, and I, the- I, it was cool actually seeing some, some medals from kind of another part of the world. I did like the uh, great 10K. Berlin medal was my favorite. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And they are up on our website, actually. Yeah, if you guys want to take a look. Heard from Pat, who enjoyed our Chicago podcast. She was there, too. She said her Garmin did fine until the halfway point and then showed her doing two super fast miles, and she knew that it was wrong. So it totally threw her off. Had to go by feel for the rest of the race. Ended up finishing a little slower than she wanted. But she says she's never satisfied satisfied with her time, and she needs to quit obsessing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that feeling, so all the time yeah she she thought it was hard to go in a straight line since there were so many people running in groups so she was dodging them she wanted to know if we saw that there's actually an um, upstart internet marathon photo company mm-hmm. um they're cheaper than like marathon, marathon photo. photo yeah and it's kind of an interesting concept um i don't know if you want to talk I mean, about yeah, it a little I guess bit it's interesting we didn't know about it apparently they they had taken up some like bus billboards around the city um in the the week or that weekend which it was interesting because when I looked at the ad, the pictures of the ad on the billboards, I don't think it said Chicago Marathon on there anywhere, which maybe that's a licensing issue type of thing. So it was kind of implied, but I'm like, if I was walking by it, I don't think I would have realized it. Um, but yeah, basically they got pictures. You can go online and search for yours. I think there ended up being one of me and two of you or two something of, like that. Together we had three pictures on yeah. there. Um, and I think you can buy them for, it's much Six less dollars, Six I dollars, think. Yeah. yeah. So much, much cheaper than... Um, marathon photo interesting we had two friends over there who ran the race they had zero fixtures so um just how it worked out but anything that kind of challenges the prices of race photos um i'm kind of all for so Mm -hmm. good luck to them yeah for sure yeah she she actually uh, likes the chicago medal she thinks Mm -hmm. it's a good idea to focus on a notable chicago landmark but she knows a lot of people had no clue what it was so yeah yeah agree with that i agree <laughs> heard from uh kether who was actually out in chicago as well she said the gps stuff really threw her off too um she did her best to follow the the blue line mm-hmm. and then enjoyed it yeah 
Yeah. And, and shout out to her because I actually ran into her at Nike. Yeah. So I think we were joking crazy. that it's kind of amazing. 40,000 people and we were actually able to run into her there. Um, and then, yeah, about the GPS. I don't know if I ever said my GPS ended up saying 28.5 for Chicago. Oh, yeah. Mine was, That's what mine ended up being. Mine was so. 27, like, I don't know, something 0.5 uh-huh. or 20. Yeah. yeah. That was definitely it, way So I had it cleared out of my Garmin because it says your longest run ever. <laughs> And I'm like, no, it's not, you know, like for the record. So I had to clear that out. It also had my, uh, I looked at my data afterwards. We didn't talk about this on a Garmin Connect. And it, my fastest um, pace was uh, like a 158. So like that per mile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I ran I, too I fast. Had, yeah, I had a two, uh, two minute split or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sweet. Like awesome. All right. We heard from, who else did we hear from? Heard from Bradley who needed some advice. Not sure that we gave him the best advice, but we did give him advice. He said, do we consider it crazy or really crazy to attempt a marathon 11 weeks when he's currently running about three or four miles a day? He's done two marathons and five halves in the past. Hasn't been running much through the summer. He was thinking about going on a trip to Disney World in January. Noticed he could still get into the marathon on the 8th. So you want to know if this was insane. Um, And if we didn't think it was completely crazy, then would we suggest him picking up a training plan in week seven? Yeah. I'll let you talk to the specifics. But basically, no, you're not crazy. And yes, you should do it. So... um, if anybody ever asks us if, asks if you're crazy for doing a race, probably most of the time the answer is going to be no. Right. But um, as long as you're not chasing a time right. um, and you know that you're not super prepared going into it, mm-hmm. and you kind of lower those expectations. And have different expectations, right. I think. Like you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, and it's a Disney race, so it's going to be completely different. Yeah. So go in there with just a totally different mindset. Yeah. I mean, go in there. Do the character stops. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nice thing about have the fun. marathon um, on in Florida, well, there's none on the left coast, right? Yeah. Um, with the Disney marathon, there's only one. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was kind of character stops throughout the race. And right. Kind of stuff to see. You can check out the all animals. On Disney and, property. Yeah. So, yeah. um, enjoy it. It'll force you to take some breaks if you mm-hmm. want to take some breaks and take some pictures. And, um, Disney of course has a very long cutoff time, what, seven hours and typically runs an average, a, a slower average time than a lot of other marathons. So, um, it's a good one to jump into actually, if you're not prepared. Right. Yeah. So. And then as far as the, the training plan, we did give him some specifics, not necessarily needing to jump in right at week seven, but kind of look at where you're at now. Um, and probably a better idea to not jump in um, into longer, long runs than maybe where you should be and get injured. Uh, it'd be better off to end up with a shorter long run total. Like you, right. if you don't get to 20, like yeah, more traditional ones, 20, like maybe yeah. you just get to 16. I think you're better off doing that mm-hmm. versus jumping in on week seven if your body isn't ready to and then getting injured and then you just can't do anything. So right. yeah. But yeah. Basically run the race. Pretty much. Yeah. But just be smart about it. Yeah. So yeah. if anybody out there ever needs, you know, affirmation to, to do a race, where right. are your like, people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just if you do get injured, don't call us back after. <laughs> Not our fault. That's funny. And then we also heard from Nico. Just wanted to send us a quick note from the UK to say, Thanks for our hard work making the podcast. He's been running semi-seriously for about a year now and has become quite addicted to entering races. Totally know what that feels like. Yes. Probably you more so. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, he signed up for next year's North London Half with the finish in Wembley Stadium, which we happen to run this year. Which is awesome. Because it is awesome. It's, you know, the one international race that, you know, we can actually tell you to go back and listen to the episode and we can share know, a race recap. we actually talked about so it. So any other one you would have registered for, we'd be useless, but... Um, yeah, it was a cool race. Cool finish out at Wembley. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. that was a super fun part to finish for sure. Yep. And then he also just recently became a professional runner after finding one whole pound on his long run. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. No idea what that is in US dollars. I'd have to do the conversion there. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He found money on his run. <laughs> I'm sure it's more than your dime. So yeah. 
And then, um, in case you haven't listened to it yet, Nico, our race recap of the North London Half is on episode 195. There you go. And it's called North London Half. Yeah. So. Wasn't that long ago, I guess, by it wasn't. episode number. So. Yeah, by episode it, it number. Seems... I think because we've been a little haphazard with that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Although, it's sometimes races seem so long ago. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we ran that race like four years ago, right? No, that was last year. Right. You know, always kind of doing that thing. So. Yeah. All right. I guess that brings us to the end of another episode. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, next episode we'll talk about, I don't know if we're going to do an episode just for it or we'll kind of combine it with normal. No idea what we're going to do, but we're going to talk about um, Morgan Hill half marathon and the bike tour um, that we did. And then um, actually this coming weekend, we're actually doing another bike event. So we're actually doing wheels for meals, Yes, which is kind of a benefit charity thing for Meals, meals on, on wheels. wheels yeah i always always get screwed up with that that name combination mm-hmm. so um and that's in livermore california so we're doing the the shortest ride they have there which is a 15 mile bike ride mm-hmm. so um and we did that years ago a couple times so it's a fun little event um benefits a great organization a really cool organization so uh we'll enjoy that right now the weather looks clear for the Saturday. I like Sunday's how you went rain, to look at your watch for the know. weather. It's, and, and first of all, you don't wear a watch. If I had <laughs> and two, an Apple if you watch. Did, if, oh, okay, maybe then. <laughs> I'm like, a watch typically doesn't show weather. I, I'm preparing for, for the day does. I get an Apple watch and I can actually look and get <laughs> all this practicing. wonderful information. Got it. You know? Like, hey, did you read that email? And I look at my watch. Yes, I did. Type of thing. So I'm uh, <laughs> getting really off track right at the end. Uh, um, yeah, so that's what we have coming up this weekend. And yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we're out of here. The website for the podcast is EmbraceRunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash EmbraceRunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at EmbraceRunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, Embrace Running.